Hello, my friends. Is it time for you to remove those labels you've placed on yourself? You know what it reminds me of? You know those labels that they have on pillows that I don't know exactly what they say, but something like, you know, remove this under penalty of death or something like that. I've never understood. Hey, by the way, if anyone understands what that's all about, why we have this super stern warning on a pillow, I'd sure like to know about that. But that's what it reminds me of. You know, you, you, you're almost afraid. It's hilarious. I've literally watched people go, well, you're not supposed to take those labels off. What, are, like the pillow police going to come and get you? But I don't know why, but for some reason they've got these don't take the label off warnings on pillows. I don't want you to worry about this. You can remove the labels. The pillow police aren't going to come get you. Neither is anybody else. We put labels on ourselves and then like that pillow we're afraid to remove them sometimes it's other people who have placed labels on us maybe society has placed labels on us I mean sometimes we really can't get so hung up with all of these labels because I mean sometimes it's just a way to group people of similar interests so you know not all of it is bad that we're labeling people but if you're getting stuck with that label, if that label is becoming you, that might be a problem. For instance, you know, with me being the mom of an addict, I'm the mom of an addict. I mean, I am. I can't deny that. I mean, I, I've got all sorts of labels. But it's getting stuck in that label. Maybe you've been divorced. And you come from a family where nobody has been divorced or you, your spiritual beliefs frown on somebody who's been divorced and you're divorced. And now you're carrying that around with you. You literally can't even get yourself into another healthy relationship or a healthy relationship if your other one wasn't because you're carrying that around. That's shame. Okay. You're carrying that shame around that label. Now that's who you are, a divorced woman. Maybe you have not been married and you're 35 years old and you think, oh my gosh, I'm an old maid. Everybody else is married. And for whatever reason, you haven't found the right person yet. And so, but now you've labeled yourself this and now you're starting to convince yourself, I'm never going to find the right person. You need to remove that label. That's a very dangerous place for you to be. We see labels that people place on themselves when they have an illness. And that's not to say that having an illness is not something very serious and unfortunate and all of that, but I know people who become that. I know people who have had not even serious health issues, but it seems like they're always talking about a health issue. That's all they can talk about. They're so afraid they're going to have a health issue that they've literally made themselves sick. They've labeled themselves as not a healthy person. I've, I know people who, th these are even small little things, small little labels, but this is where you get stuck in that thinking. Th these are not serious things, but so I know somebody who has convinced herself that she doesn't like anything as far as food. You know, no, it's just, it could only eat these very few little simple things. And some people do have a smaller palate when it comes to food and that's fine. But to get yourself so stuck and saying, you know, oh, I don't like that food. I don't even, and you haven't even tried it. Right. And I was like that too. My own mother, 
is like that. She doesn't like very many things and she'll voice that very strongly. And so I remember when I used to tell people, I don't like broccoli, I don't like asparagus, I don't like whatever, I don't like mushrooms, I don't like, I mean, all this kind of stuff. And I'd never even tried any of them. But I was conditioned and I'm glad that I changed because I love all those things now. But yeah, I was conditioned. So I kind of had labeled myself as a picky eater. That's what I did. And I'm really not that picky of an eater. I'm a pretty open eater, I guess you'd call me. I don't know. what Does that sound good? It sounds like I'm a, a big eater. Well, I'm that too. Okay. So back to the point that even those small little labels you put on yourself can make you stuck somewhere, right? And, and you could miss out on, hey, back to that eating thing. I just thought of this too. So my brother, one of my brothers and sister-in-law are actually not closed-minded eaters at all, but they never wanted to eat Japanese food because it was, you know, I don't eat, like raw fish and they both love seafood and like all sorts of stuff, but they never wanted to eat it because they don't like it. They'd never tried it, but they can, they decided that they didn't like it. And so it's funny because I used to tell my husband, I used to say, well, quit inviting them out for sushi. Invite them out for Japanese food, right? <laughs> and tell them there's cooked things. So finally they came out with us and at first, my brother went right in and, you know, he was all in. My sister-in-law was fairly open-minded, but there were a couple things she didn't like because of the texture. Understandable. But she was willing to try it. Now, okay, the, the thing that she was like, oh, I don't like it, the texture. Now, she's like the queen, you know, of the sushi place and telling everybody that this is the best dish and she's ordering and all this kind of stuff. And we've talked about that before, about how glad they are that they finally decided to try it. So instead of saying, we don't like sushi, when they'd never even tried it, I did that too before I ever tried it. So you see, even these little labels can keep you from enjoying things, from even trying things. I have a label that I've placed on myself and it is a fear of heights. Now, I think that a lot of people are not real fond of heights, so you might not consider that a label. But I was also raised by a mother with that fear. And it was, she was afraid literally if you were on the second, like a balcony, you know, of a two-story house, just, you know, I mean, not that far down. Back in the day, we didn't have these 10-foot ceilings. I mean, it wasn't that far down. My mom would have a fit. I mean, she somehow was freaked out that the railing was going to break. Oh, don't get near the edge. You know, she was so like that. And... So when I took my first plane ride when I was 20 years old, I thought, oh, I'm afraid of heights. I'm going to be afraid. But I wasn't. That was good news. But I, I was very afraid of heights. And I think, you know, part of it, it was my conditioning. And then because I put that label on myself and I continued to voice that words have power. I continued to tell people, I'm afraid of heights. I'm afraid of heights. I'm afraid of heights. Oh, I'm afraid of heights. I can't do that. I'm afraid of heights. I mean, you tell yourself that enough and guess what? You're afraid of heights. So I had that label that I was afraid of heights. And so I actually talked about this in Still Standing After All the Tears that I went on this kind of quest to overcome my fear of heights. But I did this in my 30s, mid 30s, I think it was, early 30s. And it's kind of hard to break that at that point. I mean, I was conditioned. I had labeled myself this person that was very afraid of heights. And so I have since done a lot of things that I never imagined I would do. I'm still not super fond of, of edges and, you know, tall, tall buildings and looking out over things and stuff like that. 
but I'm a lot further than I was because I decided to remove that label from myself and to just, you know, try to do some things that maybe I was missing out on. I've been up in an air, hot air balloon a couple of times and in a small airplane and, you know, stood at the Grand Canyon and things that some people might not think are a big deal, but they were for me because I had placed that label on myself. So what labels are you placing on yourself? You know, again, it can be the big things that really, I mean, they, they, you place a big thing label on yourself and it can alter the course of your life forever and not in a good way. If you get yourself stuck in that place, because one of the other things that happens when you label yourself is eventually you end up only hanging out with these other people that label themselves in that way. And if it's, you're labeling yourself as, um, a divorced person now, that doesn't mean you might not hang out with divorced people because you're kind of in the same boat. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, when I was divorced, my best girlfriends were also divorced. So that's not what I'm talking about. We didn't label ourselves. We weren't sitting there going, oh my gosh, this is terrible. We, you know, we're not going to get married again. We weren't, we did not label ourselves as divorced women. You know, we were all under the assumption that there was somebody else out there that put up with us, you know, so we didn't do that. So but if you're labeling yourself in the way that I'm talking about, remember the label on the pillow, you know, the one that says basically, you know, under penalty of death, you know, ending up in jail. I don't know what those things, I, I meant to go grab a pillow, but you know why I didn't? Because I've taken all the labels off my pillows. So somebody who's got one of those labels, tell me what it says. And by the way, also tell me why, why is this big deal about pillows? But it's a great analogy, isn't it? Because we put these labels on ourselves and we're literally scared to death to remove them. I'm a divorced person. I have cancer. I'm afraid. I've lost a child. I have a, uh, somebody in my life who's an addict. I was cheated on. I was abused. And the list goes on. Those are all serious things. I'm not being insensitive at all. And you might have to work through these kinds of things. Of course you do, and you have to deal with them. But you don't need to get stuck in that one label because the other thing is that, you know, if you're going to put labels on yourself to the point, what I'm saying is these identifying labels, okay? I mean, obviously I'm a redhead, okay? I don't consider that a label in the context of what I'm talking about. It's just a fact. But when we start to place these labels on and then we draw ourselves into that and we allow it to become who we are and in part of our psyche and, and all of that, it's hard to get out of it. You know, like me saying I was afraid of heights for so long and then absolutely terrified when I went to go on this big quest to overcome my fear of heights, you know, or being this picky eater that I had labeled myself without even trying things. That reminds me of another story. This is kind of funny. Um, Rich and I were actually talking about this the other night about, you know, we, neither one of us grew up in a house that, that ate a huge variety of foods. And so, you know, I said to him, how did you learn how to eat different foods and stuff like that? And it turns out that both of us wound up because we traveled for business and you kind of got thrown into, well, he got, he was in Japan a lot. So he really got thrown into different, um, types of foods and you know you 
don't want to be the jerk who's over there going, I don't like that. I don't like that. So you got to try some things. Some of the things he tried, I don't know if I would ever try them, but so I traveled for business quite a bit in the early nineties and all of these different places that I went to, we were acquiring companies and all of these different places that you'd go to because we were the company coming in. You know, I was in charge of this due diligence team that would investigate these companies before we would purchase them or not. And so they were always, you know, wanting to make nice with you and, and show you the best parts of their town and their types of foods. And so there I was in these different places all over the country and they would go, we got to take you out for this, you know, and, and so you just kind of go along with it. And, and then I'd find out that I liked 99% of what I tried. So it reminded me of a story I was just telling Rich about the other night that I was at in the Houston at this um, beautiful, beautiful home of this couple that owned this company. And he had two brothers that owned this company. And, and so we were there, we were actually auditing their company. So I had this team of people that were, that were there. And so a couple of us were invited back to their house for dinner that night. And we had been working really hard and we hadn't eaten all day. I mean, we were starving. And we'd heard about her magnificent cooking, so we were just waiting. And we got there late, and then, you know, her food wasn't quite ready. I mean, it was getting late. She has this beautiful home. We're looking around. She has a beautiful kitchen. I go into the kitchen, and it smells like heaven, you know, and I'm so hungry. And so it was kind of a joke because they were Irish that, you know, everything was cooked with alcohol, and they didn't disappoint. So she had some kind of sauce, and it was big pan on a stove. She had this huge stove and there was this big, huge pan, biggest pan I'd ever seen. And I said, oh my gosh, that smells so good. And what did you put on it? So she's telling me about it, right? And she picks up this lid and she, the, the smells just, oh my gosh, they enveloped me. And I looked down at the dish and I said, oh my gosh, I love pork chops. And she goes, oh, these are lamb chops. Okay. So I don't want to embarrass myself and go, I don't want to be that person that goes, oh, I don't like lamb chops, which by the way, I had never tried in my entire life, but that's what picky eater labels, labelers do. So my brain went through this whole process of, of literally going, oh crap, I don't like lamb chops. Oh my God, I'm going to have to try them or what are they going to think of me? Okay. I'll just try a little bit. Maybe they'll be okay. Maybe I'll like them. Hey, maybe I'll even really like them. I mean, I literally went through this in like nanoseconds in my head. And I have to tell you, that was one of the best dishes I've ever eaten in my life. So that process of being open-minded enough allowed me to go in there and like take that pillow label and just rip it off of myself. There are still some things I don't like, but I do not consider myself a picky eater. So whatever these labels are that you've placed on yourself, you're going to have to do the same thing. You know, be willing to rip it off, even if it's uncomfortable. Stop labeling yourself in that way. And, you know, back to having health issues. I, I've really seen this with, with many people. The health issues can be a big one, and I get it. I mean, I get how you can get there because being unhealthy, not feeling well is not great. And, you know, I've had some health issues that, certainly couldn't be compared to some of the health issues that some of you out there are dealing with, but just even having a thyroid condition and then attaching adrenal fatigue to that and waking up every single day as if I hadn't slept a wink, that's debilitating. And then having digestive issues all kind of connected and slowed down and just all of these kind of things and different little different aches and pains. But I don't want to be that. 
You know, I don't want to be that. In fact, this is kind of interesting. I was thinking about this yesterday and thinking that I don't want to deny my adrenal fatigue, but I was thinking I'm on a, I'm on a quest now to overcome it. But if I keep saying I have adrenal fatigue, how am I ever going to overcome it? I was literally thinking about this yesterday. So, hey, guess what? You and me together, we're doing this together. We're ripping off the label. Okay, I'm going to do that. I'm ripping it off right now. Hey, Rich, I'm ripping off the label. I'm not going to go telling everybody I have adrenal fatigue anymore. That's it. So, obviously, you might have to deal with some of this stuff. And so I'm not trying to be flippant if you have a health issue. But you know what I'm talking about? I mean, maybe this is you and God bless you, but you might want to take this to heart. Maybe it's somebody that you know that could, you should, you know, pass this on to them. Maybe they need to hear this message because getting yourself stuck in that place. I mean, literally I thought about the adrenal fatigue thing yesterday and it just came to my mind just now. And I am actually really excited right now because I'm thinking about how powerful this is. For the last many, let's see, I want to say 10 years when I was first diagnosed with it and I've been doing things to help myself. But if I keep saying that, how am I ever going to overcome it? Okay, I'm making a commitment right here. I'm ripping off the label. I don't care if the pillow police come after me or the pillow jail you know, puts me in there. I'm ripping off the label. What labels have you placed on yourself that you can rip off? Many of these labels that we place on ourselves are connected with shame and guilt. And those ones will really get you down too. You know, the one that, that you know are familiar with as part of my story is being the mom of an addict. And I actually don't like that. Again, I am the mom of an addict, but I don't like labeling myself that as only that. You know what I'm saying? I don't have any shame with saying that I am, but I don't want that to be who I am, who I become you know, how I'm identified with, oh yeah, the, she's the mom of an addict. That's not helpful because I'm also a wife. I'm, I'm the mom of another child who's not an addict. I'm a daughter. I'm a business owner. I'm an author. You know, um, I'm a believer in God. I'm, I mean, we could go on and on and on if we want to do this label thing. And that's really the crux of my message here is that many of you have gotten stuck in this one thing, you know, this one label, this one big thing. And it has you so stuck that you can't move on with your life. You can't enjoy your life. I've got another podcast where I talk about the 10% of my life and it's almost impossible for you to become a 10% of my life person. That person who only thinks about their stuff 10% of their life and gets on with the rest of their life 90% of the time. How are you going to do that if you've attached this big honking, honking? Remember when your kid used to say that? I haven't said that word in decades. I just said honking, big honking. I don't even know what that means. This big old label that you've placed on yourself and you think it's like the pillow label and you're scared, you know what, Liz, to remove the label. Get out the scissors. Remove the label. I'm not telling you to bury your head in the sand and pretend you don't have this thing to deal with, pretend that this isn't happening in your life, but stop identifying yourself like this. Stop making this a, your whole life all about this thing. 
Because if you do that, my friends, you're missing out on your life. And I say this without judgment because you're looking at the label girl over here, okay? I had enough labels put on myself that kept me pretty darn stuck. So what you can do as a symbolic label removing is go in your house and run around and rip all those dang pillow labels off, okay? <laughs> Make that symbolic of your commitment to stop sticking yourself with these labels that have you stuck or have you hanging out with the wrong people or have you being too afraid to try new things, to take a chance, to live with some hope, to laugh, to have some fun. Don't let those labels make you miss your life. Because no matter what it is, no matter what big thing, no matter what little things, no matter what hangups, no matter all of these things that have us trapped, you can still go out and have a beautiful life. I stood up when I was so depressed that I told my husband, I don't want to be here anymore. I stood up with a teeny tiny bit of hope. And it's been a process and I'm still a work in process. But you know what I'm saying? You don't have to wait. Don't wait. Do it today. Make a commitment today that you are going to go rip at least one of those labels off. You're going to stop identifying with this thing that has you down on the mat, that has you trapped, that has you missing your life. Don't miss your life because there's only one of you and the world needs you. The world needs you standing strong. It doesn't need you living in fear, in apprehension, in shame, in guilt, in uncertainty. Often these labels actually have us living in what I call paralyzing fear. That's afraid to do anything. Afraid to rip that label off because, oh my God, it says not to. Afraid to even consider trying something new. Afraid to stop identifying because then who will I be? I have been this label, this thing for so long. Oh my gosh, if I let this go, who am I? You know who you are? You're a child of God. You're a masterpiece. You have so much to offer this world. And you can't do that if you get yourself stuck. Get yourself unstuck. Go rip off those labels, sister, brother, and get on with living your life. If I can do this, so can you.